All right, everyone. This is a special edition of 4th and 20. I wouldn't plan on making any more episodes this week. Um, I'm kind of going unscripted. I usually have this all planned out, thought out, got a outline, if you will. But I'm just going to rant for 15 minutes because the Thursday night game, that was an uh, uh, absolute poo-poo for the first uh, uh, four quarters and was pretty boring until the last like 10 seconds. So we're going to talk real quick about that. Um, lot to unpack in that game. This is a Thursday night game that I thought was not going to go right. Let's start off with the fact that I picked the uh, picked the Steelers to win the game. Um, Browns pulled it out. Let's start off with the good, then we'll go into the bad, then we'll go into the freaking ugly. Um, bear with me. This is this. Um, I just wanted to do this just because I I want to get my thoughts out there. Um, next podcast uh, will be on Tuesday night. Anyway, here we go with the good. The good news about that game, even though it was a Thursday night game, both those teams don't have a whole lot of time to practice and get prepared. Baker looked good. Didn't have a great game. Didn't have a terrible game. But he did pretty good. Had two passing touchdowns, had a rushing touchdown. He looked, excuse me, a lot more decisive. Better footwork in the pocket. He also did a good job of um, keeping plays alive. Um, that's just naturally what he does. Um, I thought at the beginning of the game, after seeing his little uh, pregame interview with Aaron Andrews and a, um, seeing uh, him kind of pump up the crowd right before kickoff in the, you know, the Browns end zone, uh, I thought, okay, he's, he's psyched to be here. And I thought at the beginning of this game, I thought, if you can win this, there's a possibility. It's a small possibility. There's a small possibility that you could kind of turn your season around right now. The Browns and Jim Dorsey, the GM, did a great job of letting Anthony Callaway go. Um, and Cream Hunt looked uh, pretty decent as well. Um, I think that if they were to get the O-line fixed, you could literally give it to Chubb Hunt, Chubb Hunt, and then pass, uh, do a quick quick little pass, and then run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. Just like all the other teams that we talked about the other day, about that's why um, – they're doing so well. One of the many reasons anyway. So Baker looked good. Um, again, you'll know that I'm not a Freddie kitchens fan. And I think that there's been a lot of criticism, uh, toward Baker Mayfield and there shouldn't be. Um, I mean, he's, he's not had a great year, but also, you know, he's dealing with a, a ridiculous coach, um, a bad O line and several mouths to feed. He's just not progressing the way that the Browns need him to, and it's not really Mayfield's fault. The other good side to this game was the fact that his post-game interview was very mature of Baker. I give him a, give him a little golf clap. He did a good job with that. Last time he was uh, on the news about his interview, he was walking out of it, which never supposed to do. You're the face of the franchise. So I will give him criticism on that. He did a good post-game interview, showed some character, showed some maturity, showed uh, showed his leadership. So that's good. That's all good. Let's move on to the bad. Um, the bad of this game was Freddie Kitchens. I've said this time and time again, Freddie Kitchens does not deserve to be a head coach. And it showed last night, just like it shows the other, uh, the other games. If you're watching the play calling, they tried to go deep like 15, 20 times every quarter. That's because Freddie Kitchens over there trying to call the plays. It wasn't a good game. Um, wasn't a uh, a good game scheme, if you will, going into that game. Now the beginning, the the first quarter, 
I thought the Browns offense did a good job of kind of putting the uh, the young and very good Steelers defense on their heels. But then it seemed to die off and the Steelers defense seemed to hold them and they, you know, they 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 kind of died off. But they, if they kept that explosiveness throughout the entire game, that would have been, you know, the Browns of the the expectations of the Browns at the beginning of the season. But Freddie Kitchens, this just proved my point yet again that Freddie Kitchens is not supposed to be there. And everything else that happened, we're going to talk about in a second, the ugly part of the game, that's just a great out for Jim Dorsey to say, hey, bye. He's gone at the end of the year. I, I'm, I'm, I'm just stunned that he was even there in the first place. Apparently, and they said this on the broadcast last night with uh, Joe Buck, um, apparently not only was he a quarterback coach at one point, he was also a running back coach at one point. Um, I what qualifies you to be a running back coach? Did that guy ever play running back in the NFL? I don't know. Um, I'm just asking, but I, I just feel like both of those two things don't really qualify you to be a head coach dealing with these divas, dealing with all these players, and uh, trying to mold your franchise quarterback. The bad part about all this is that you are wasting, if Baker Mayfield is, if Baker Mayfield progresses, like, like we saw last night, he can throw the ball and he can innovate and he can move around and keep the play alive. The Browns are wasting Baker Mayfield away. If I'm Baker Mayfield, after the rookie contract's up, I'm a free agent. I'm getting the hell out of Dodge. You're wasting your time there. You need to go somewhere where they can actually progress you and make you better. And then that way you can reach your potential and then you can be making other people around you and the young guys around you better. That's the bad part about all this. And leading into the ugly, the other bad part was that, and another another great point of why Freddie Kitchen shouldn't be there in that position, he's lost control of the locker room. Before we get to the last 10 seconds of that game, that was the most interesting part, we get to the ejection of one of the uh, Browns DBs, I forget who it was, um, with a... Helmet to helmet hit, and it was a vicious hit. I believe the the Steelers' right wide receiver had blood coming out of his ears. What one of the announcers said, and that guy got ejected before all this other nonsense happened in the fourth quarter. Um, the Browns' defense seemed like they were just playing, like they were trying to hurt someone, like they were trying to be dirty. I don't know if that's from Freddie Kitchens, but in my opinion, if your consistency and in you know your consistency is off of winning games, then losing them, winning then losing, making yourself look great, then make yourself look absolutely terrible like dog shit. That's on the coach, and the coach also has to keep his players in line. And I don't know what happened, but that is another check mark on the reasons why Freddie Kitchens shouldn't be there. He lost control of the locker room. Players are doing whatever the hell they want. We saw it on the field live. So that leads me into the ugly portion of this game. First of all, it was a Thursday night game, so it's already going to be ugly. It's going to be ugly because Mason Rudolph's a backup quarterback with the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the Browns' season has not even come close to the expectations that most of the media has set. And Baker Mayfield, in his pregame interview with Aaron Andrews, made a good point. They didn't, the Browns did not crown themselves kings. The media did that, the expectations, the fans. 
I'll give him kudos on that. It'd be different if Baker Mayfield and OBJ came out and said, we're winning the Super Bowl this year. No, and none of them did that. So let's talk about the ugly. Ten, sec- ten seconds left to go in the game. There's like 10 or 8 seconds left to go in the game. Scores 21 to 7. The game is over. Miles Garrett comes off the left side, has a late hit on Mason Rudolph. There was a flag thrown. That's why they threw the flag. Mason Rudolph, irritated, rightfully kicked Miles Garrett in the groin. Now, let's stop right there. We're, we're looking at game tape. We're pausing for a second. Mason Rudolph did start this. I'm not on anyone's side, but I will say Mason Rudolph did start this. But we all know, as fans and especially players, even in the NBA on the court, the refs, most of the time, they only see what the retaliator has done. Did you like that? I practiced that all day to make sure I pronounced it correctly. The retaliator is always the one that draws the technical foul. They're always the one that draw the flag. And they could be totally justified. Mason Rudolph did did uh, did do something to uh, annoy Miles Garrett because Mason Rudolph was annoyed. But in that singular moment, Garrett took it way too far. Now let's back up a couple games. Remember the when the Browns and Jets played, and it was just a a comical. I think it was another Thursday night game. I know it wasn't on primetime. Uh, it was like one of the first games that Sam Darnold didn't play because he had mono. Miles Garrett had like three or four flags in that play for late hits on the quarterback and different stuff. I don't know if he's turning into a dirty player. I don't think so. But this is this is becoming we, – we now have a trail of bread breadcrumbs, if you will, leading up to this point. So let's go back to the play. At then, once – Garrett is on top of Mason Rudolph. Mason Rudolph tries to grab his face mask. They're jostling around and everything. They go to get up. Garrett takes off his helmet, rips off his helmet, like does like a five-yard face mask with him when the play is already over and dead. The offensive linemen get in the way of Miles Garrett and Mason Rudolph. Mason Rudolph comes around because he's standing up for himself, you know, talking, talking smack. I don't know what he's doing. And that's when Miles Garrett used a helmet as a weapon and hit Garrett or hit uh, Rudolph pretty good. Rudolph throws up his hands, and then another D lineman from the Browns pushes Mason Rudolph down without his helmet on. I don't know which, and let me pause it right there. I don't know which is dumber hitting someone with a helmet on the crown of their head or the D lineman who hits the most protected human being in position in the NFL, pushes him down without a helmet on. I don't know what that guy's name was, but he got a one-game suspension. That should have been more. Miles Garrett then gets tackled to the ground by the two offensive linemen the Steelers had that were protecting Rudolph or standing up for him. Pouncey, the center, then begins to kick and hit Miles Garrett. At this point, once the helmet came off and was hit, once he hit his quarterback, I do feel like that's a little justified, but I'm glad that they... The NFL's being fair, and they handed him a three-game suspension. He'll probably repeal it and get it brought down to two. But what on God's green earth are you thinking, Garrett? What on earth are you thinking? 
You've already won the game. It's 21 to 7. There's 10 seconds left to go in the game. You have screwed yourself, your teammates, your fans, and the coaches. You screwed them all. Because this was supposed to be the game that no, no one had you picked to win, as far as I know. Because you guys have been playing like crap. If you win this game, you're four and six, which they are now. There's a slight, I mean, it's not, it's not a great, it's not a great percentage, but is there's a small possibility that's like, hey, we can turn this whole thing around and maybe maybe make a wild card spot. Let's make a run. That's what the greats do. That's what the Hall of Famers do. Instead, you chose for a running back, I'm sorry, a quarterback to absolutely get in your head. The whole point of the NFL, the whole point of playing football is to keep your cool and harness that energy toward making a play. And you didn't do any of that. You let the most protected person in the NFL mess with you and get inside your head. God forbid, and I'm saying this about any quarterback or any defensive lineman, I'm not showing any favoritism. Because if a Colts member, I'm a Colts fan, if a Colts member defensive end did that to another player, even if it was the Tom Brady whom I hate, that guy should be that guy should be immediately ejected, immediately suspended for the rest of the year. Hey, Miles Garrett, go ask Vontez Perfect how he's doing and think that he's not going to adjust his game a little bit next year if he gets on the playing field. Miles Garrett, you are an idiot. You are an idiot. How could you do that? What if, God forbid, what if the way that helmet hit, if he had had it turned differently and hit him on the crown of the head, he could have fractured his skull. Good luck talking to Roger Goodell out. Good luck talking yourself out of that one to Roger Goodell. The NFL is not be getting any safer. And I say that the equipment is getting safer, but the players are not. Have you seen DK Metcalf without a shirt on? That guy's a wide receiver, and he's ginormous. Have you seen Derrick Henry, the running back for the, the Titans? What if he stood next to Barry Sanders? He Barry Sanders would look like a child trying to get his autograph. The more we progress in life, the more we, these college athletes, these student athletes are coming to the NFL already jacked and huge. Remember back in the day, the quarterbacks were very small. Now they're all super tall. We're just now getting back to the point where we might have smaller quarterbacks. Miles Garrett, you idiot. Why would you do that? The game is not getting safer, in my opinion, with, with what I mean by the personnel and the players. And you are way bigger than Mason, uh, Mason Rudolph. That is unreal, and you have screwed your whole team over. Baker Mayfield said something in the postgame interview that really stuck with me, he, and he said... They kept, of course, all the media is going to be asking about the last 10 seconds. They don't care about the game anymore because it was a Thursday night, you know, dumpster fire. No one cares. It was a crap game. And Baker Mayfield's up there on the podium. They're asking him everything about the fight. And he straight up said, I feel like we've lost this game because no one cares that we've won. That will carry over in the locker room. Good job, Miles Garrett. You have screwed yourself, your teammates. And everyone else around you. You've been suspended indefinitely. There's still a possibility you may not play the first month in the, in the next year. And it wouldn't surprise me. Because Goodell does not play around with that. He is trying to make sure that the league is safer. That's his whole job. 
and you took the piece of equipment that they, that's most in question that AB had an issue with at the beginning of the year, and you used it as a weapon. I am stunned. I've, I haven't seen anything like that since the, the Ron Artest goes in the stands and I watched that live. I actually had people there that I knew. How ridiculous. You have messed it up. This was supposed to be the defining point in your in in your in in the Cleveland Browns season. You could have turned it around. You can't now. The season's over. Because not only do you play the Steelers again, but you play them in Pittsburgh. And all those guys are gonna come after you. And it wouldn't surprise me if one of those Steelers came after your quarterback. If Baker Mayfield is smart, he gets the hell out of Dodge. Because Cleveland is one of the worst run organizations ever. And I feel like Baker could actually absolutely be someone, some a better quarterback and someone special later on in life. But that's Freddie Kitchens for you. Lost all control of the locker room. P- players getting ejected. Players getting frustrated. Unbelievable. What a wild, wild finish. I, I'm, I'm stunned by that. Miles Garrett, in my opinion, should be should be suspended for 16 games, a full season length. So he may not play the first, uh, you know, six games in the in the next season. We came down that you know the NFL came down hard on Vontez Perfect. We'll see if he adjusts his game next year. That's sad. That's sad, Miles Garrett. That was a cheap. That was that was one of the lamest, cheapest things I've ever seen. It's not like you're even doing that to one of the offensive linemen or, a, or or someone your size too. You were a bully last night. You deserve every bit of that punishment. All right, that's my rant. Thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed. We'll see you on Tuesday night next week, 4th and 20. I'm Will Lott. That was my Cleveland Browns rant. <laughs>